Welcome to Success at Sinai, a podcast about how to build your career in academic medicine at Mount Sinai. My name is John Earl. I'm a podcast producer. And for the past few months, I've been working with the Office of Academic Development and Enrichment on a podcast just for junior faculty at Sinai. In this pilot episode, we're going to be talking about promotion. Now, if the very word seems daunting to you, you're not alone. The OADE fields questions from junior faculty about promotion all the time. What do you have to do? When do you have to do it? How do you know you're ready for promotion? To help clear things up, we spoke with two recently promoted associate professors and two members of the Appointments, Promotions, and Tenure Committee. Over the next 15 minutes, you'll hear their advice on how to find a mentor, build a national reputation, and get involved in teaching. My mentees kid me that I sort of have check boxes that you have to get this checkbox done by the time you're assistant professor, you move up, you get that one done, then we do another. Dr. Sean Morrison is director of the Hertzberg Palliative Care Institute in the Department of Geriatrics and Palliative Medicine. He's a 20-year Sinai veteran and a longtime member of the school's Appointments, Promotions, and Tenure Committee. There are specific accomplishments, steps that have to happen between moving from instructor to assistant professor, assistant professor to associate professor, associate professor, full professor. Those are written down. But what you need to accomplish is stated. And... The steps that you need to take need to be documented, or rather, the information that allows you to justify why you should be promoted needs to be documented, and that needs to start when you begin. Getting promoted at Sinai is also about doing what you love and doing it well, according to Dr. Kristen Brennan, Associate Professor of Genetics and Genomics, Neuroscience, and Psych. When I took the job at Sinai, I didn't pay enough attention to what the metrics were for promotion. In fact, people asked me, and I... I really, I didn't know. And so I'd heard all these stories about having to have X number of papers and X number of grants and, you know, X amount of service and teaching. And I've heard stories of other schools where papers with your former PI do or do not count. And I think at Sinai, it felt like a more holistic process. Um, What helped me a lot was to find an element of of that service and teaching that I really enjoyed. And for me, it's been uh, co-directing the summer undergrad research program here at Sinai. And you pick where you want to contribute, and whether that's teaching or IRB or regulations or organizing meetings, and and you do that one thing really well. And I think um, people respect a job done well. The criteria for every faculty rank and track are detailed in the ISMMS Faculty Handbook. Check it out. In the meantime, let's move on to tip number two. In my work as a journalist, I've interviewed a lot of successful people, artists, politicians, billionaires, and if they have one thing in common, it's that early in their career, they had a great mentor, someone to show them the ropes and help them grow. Everybody, no matter how talented or hardworking you are, can benefit from a mentor. And that's not just my opinion. Find yourself a very good mentor who will be able to guide you through the institution. Find mentors. Find mentors because they're going to help guide you and be sounding boards for you throughout your career. The mentorship process is one that's absolutely crucial. I've been lucky to have two of them here at Sinai. They're both at the top of their field, and they've both been incredibly generous with their time and their advice for the last five years. Your mentor will guide you through your academic career. They'll help you evaluate where you are in the process of moving towards promotion and identify gaps in your CV that you need to address. They'll also connect you to speaking engagements, get you onto grant review committees, advise you on publications, and sometimes... They'll dish out a little tough love. Can you tell me about some of the tough love that you got? Can you give me an example of when you got tough love from a, from a mentor? Well, absolutely. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. 
That's Kirk Campbell of the Division of Nephrology, Department of Medicine. Dr. Campbell's on the investigator track. I, I remember uh, the first draft of my um, first R01 submission. Um, w- one mentor asked me to present this at a, at a conference, a small group meeting where there are about you know, 12, 15 people there. And um, you know, I presented and I, I thought it was pretty good. I'd actually sent a, a Word document uh, of the specific games uh, to another um, uh, senior investigator who seemed willing to help. But when I presented this to the group, uh, this this nice guy, this mentor who I met with frequently, just proceeded to completely trash it uh, in front of the group. And uh, I remember I got really upset. I, I, I wasn't happy at all. Um, but he was right. He was absolutely right. And um, for days I was sulking around and then, you know, I had to just pick myself up and talk to some other folks, reach out to, you know, you know another previous mentor I had um, and sat down and brainstormed and came up with something that was far better. So in the end, I was very happy um, that it happened that way. Mentors can even help you navigate the life-work balance. So one of the things that I've made use of at Sane was a faculty mentoring committee. And I, I've used them to ask advice of, of lots of major decisions from recruitment to grants, to papers, um, and then to ultimately the, the biggest decision I've made in the last five years, which is whether or not to start a family. And so I separately went to my faculty mentoring committee, two different chairs, to ask what I could do to prepare in advance if I thought I was going to start a family. And to their credit, all of them just laughed and said to go for it, that um, science and family would mesh, that you would figure out a way that I would deal with it, that there was nothing I could do this six months to to fix my schedule or to make it easier for the future. And so um, when I did take the plunge, or my husband and I took the plunge, it, I think that the advice was true. One smart way to stay on your A-game in all aspects of your life and work is to have multiple mentors. You don't have one mentor, you have a matrix of mentors. My name is Rina Karani. I'm the director of the Institute for Medical Education here at the Mount Sinai Health System. Many people come in thinking they have to get just one mentor. And um, the realization that you can have a career mentor, a project mentor, a mentor that helps you think about the balance between your work and life, a mentor that might help you think about external opportunities, a mentor that helps you think about research and scholarship. And so developing this matrix of mentors is probably the first thing that strikes people as different from what they thought they would need in order to advance and get promoted. So how do you find a mentor? It's not as hard as you may think, even at a large institution like Sinai. I sort of went with someone who I saw on a, on a panel, uh, actually, here uh, at Sinai, who seemed quite knowledgeable about you know, giving advice to trainees and junior faculty uh, about their careers. And I said, you know, this, this, this guy looks like he knows what he's talking about. He looks like he cares, right? So it has to be somebody um, who cares. And th- there are enough people in every academic institution who actually care about uh, trainees. You'll notice that they tend to attract a lot of students around them, a lot of junior folks, and they seem to have the time to get it all done. So, you know, why not just be another name on, on their list? But still, they'll, they'll make time for you. And that, that's what I've done and, and that's worked out. One important thing to keep in mind is that your mentor does not have to be from your department. Um, so I had a, a mentor in developmental biology 
He had nothing to do with the research that, that I uh, was doing, um, but uh, j- just someone who could just give some tough love, just come in and say, you know, you know what, you need to publish some more papers uh, this year. Um, you need uh, th- this number of uh, manuscripts um, over the next, you know, six, 12 months uh, to be documented, uh, and that'll position you better uh, for the grants that you want to apply for, and ultimately there's promotion. So these conversations um, had to happen uh, literally three, four years uh, before the promotion went through. We could devote an entire episode to the importance of mentors, but I think the message is clear. Find yourself a mentor. You'll be glad you did. Moving on. Tip number three, keep your CV up to date. Document, document, document. Every talk you give, everything you're invited to, every committee you're on, document early so you don't forget it because, again, that is all evidence of scholarship and it will always be relevant when you come up for promotion. Dr. Morrison says the Appointments, Promotions, and Tenure Committee relies heavily on a candidate's CV to determine whether he or she meets the criteria for promotion. So we will sit, we will review the various CVs, we will look for evidence of either regional, national, or international reputation, depending on where the promotion, what level you're being promoted to. We'll look at demonstration of scholarship, And that can be a number of things. That can be papers published. That can be where papers are published. That can be curriculum developed if you're on the clinician educator track. That can be media. That can be patents. But it's evidence of scholarship and international ability. We're looking for citizenship. Is this somebody that we want to keep at the medical school and be part of our community? Do they participate in activities around the medical school? It's relatively straightforward. And then we vote. Updating your CV each time you give a presentation, publish, or take on a new teaching assignment will make it that much easier for you and your mentor to identify weak spots and determine what your priorities should be moving forward. And here's the good news. Most postdocs are already doing everything they need to do to keep their CV up to date and get promotion. They just need to not stop doing it as a junior faculty. Tip number four is start small. So a moment ago, Dr. Morrison mentioned reputation as one of the criteria for promotion. It sounds intimidating, and to be sure, building a national reputation takes years of work, but you can do it one step at a time. We often tell faculty that the best way to develop a national reputation is to develop a local and regional reputation. So be that a national organization that's having a regional conference or the institution that's having its own conference. There are so many conferences here at Sinai, but that's a great way to start getting involved. So when you begin your project, start small. Start presenting your initial findings or your research question or your conceptual framework. Try and present that at the local level. And from that, get feedback that allows you then to submit to a regional level. And from the regional meetings, that then allows you to get a national platform. As director of the Institute for Medical Education, Dr. Karani is also an expert on teaching. Now, Sinai has a clinician educator track that goes from assistant professor all the way to full professor. It also has a huge cadre of teachers in the MD program and in the graduate school, as well as in graduate medical education and continuing medical education. So maybe you're interested in teaching. If that's the case, the IME can help make it happen. The Institute for Medical Education is your one-stop shop. So reaching out to my team in the Institute is the best way to start. They can direct the individual to myself, to our Dean for Medical Education. Our team is available there. Because one of the nice things is that when they come to a place, they can come and talk about what their interests are. That helps us direct them to the right people. The IME also supports educators through the promotions process. 
First off, the Mount Sinai CV includes a table that educators fill in with all their teaching activities. And this includes evaluation data that provides evidence of excellence for each teaching activity that they've participated in. And in addition, local, regional, and national awards for teaching would provide uh, important data to the Appointments and Promotions Committee of an educator's excellence and their recognition as an outstanding teacher. And yet another way that they can highlight their excellence in teaching is through the letters that are submitted in support of their application for candidacy for promotion because the evaluators look at their CV, compare their CV with the institutional criteria for that rank, and then can provide their expert opinion on the quality and excellence of that candidate's teaching. So there you have it. Five tips for getting promoted at Sinai. Know the rules for promotion, find a mentor, keep your CV up to date, and start small. Plus, consider teaching. Now, before I sign off, I want to leave you with one final thought from Dr. Kirk Campbell. So the most important things I, I, I tell uh, junior faculty members is to plan way in advance, right? I mean, that that's really key. Um, the promotions, I mean, it, I think a mistake that some folks may make, as I alluded to before, is sort of waiting until the last minute to say, I think I should be promoted you know, next week or next month, right? It's something you really have to plan for years in advance. It's almost like a five-year plan you have to set uh, that, you know what, five years down the line, I would be ready for promotion. So you need to, to put the pieces into place. It requires all those elements um, in, in addition uh, to the appropriate mentoring team, appropriate institutional support, um, all, all the elements that would really go into, say, a good grant submission, um, you know, this is much bigger than that. This podcast episode was a production of the Office of Academic Development and Enrichment at the Icon School of Medicine. Our mission is to help junior faculty succeed by providing mentoring, collaboration, and leadership opportunities. For more information, as well as upcoming events, visit the OAD's website, icon.mssm.edu slash about slash OADE. Special thank you to Drs. Karani, Brennan, Campbell, and Morrison for speaking with us. Thanks also to Rama Chitale for coordinating the podcast effort, Lakshmi Devi, the Dean of OAD, Associate Dean Elizabeth Howell, and Program Manager Elizabeth Urbanski. Thank you also to Paul Lawrence for his technical support. And most of all, thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Email Rama at rama.chitale at mssm.edu. That's R-A-M-A-A dot C-H-I-T-A-L-E. If you like the episode, we'll make some more. My name is John Earl. Take care, everybody.